Warning, this podcast discusses mature themes, fantasies, and a lot of crazy stuff. The opinions of the discussants highlight their thoughts and feels, but they do not represent their respective institutions. Hello! Good day, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of JoshiCast. Um, so much has happened since the last one. Um, no longer live in an island continent. I have read through a thousand doujinshi and finished my thesis. It's currently under examination, but yeah. I am currently employed at a wonderful um, educational institution. I'm teaching this coming semester. And um, things have been very busy in the last year, but even when it Things got busy. This podcast has always been in the back of my head. And while in a conversation with a colleague of mine, I thought, hey, why don't we record these conversations in a podcast? And so we ended up recording this episode. In fact, we have enough to make two episodes. So um, in these series of podcasts, I'm sharing my conversation with Thomas Bodinet, an anthropologist and Japanese study scholars from Macquarie University in Sydney, Australia, whose research primarily focuses on the construction of desire within the Japanese gay media landscape. And this includes thematic genres such as boys' love. As my good friend and colleague, we often find ourselves in interesting conversations over coffee about people's transformative engagement with boys love media not just among female fans but also at least specifically to his research at least it is also includes uh, gay men who read boys love um, this particular conversation explores an aspect of Thomas research that explores gay comics or gay comi in Japan and to the extent the world we talk about contentions over the term gay comi manga, and bara, and the context of these terms within Japanese media escape and society. He also speaks of Japanese gay men's consumption of gay manga, which encompasses gay comics and boys' love. Hi, Tom! It's probably like a dream podcast of mine that I didn't think I would be doing because I've been so busy with my thesis and then I thought well, maybe I should talk to Tom about um, K-Comics and um, his research on Barra in my podcast but now finally some schedules align it's Easter well, and it's also easy now that I've moved much closer, closer. to you <laughs> yeah. so Tom tell us a bit um, apart from your professional career tell us like how did you come across K-Comi what was your interest in it's it's an interesting kind of story, I guess. Um, so, how did I come across gay comedy? Uh, my my research. So, I'm an anthropologist, okay. um, and my research is in looking at how young gay men in Japan consume a variety of different media platforms, okay. and how that consumption influences their understandings of their identities and their desires. Mm-hmm. So I, I came to Japan with that sort of purpose in mind. I wanted to see how media consumption affected their kind of identity. Yeah, their, their identity as gay men. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't I didn't come with any expectations about what sorts of media I would be looking at. So were you coming in as a position of a as a fan or a BL reader as well, or it's it's interesting. So I was I've been reading BL since I was in high school, um, many years ago now, uh, and I've never identified as a fan, and I would still continue not to identify as a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm a heavy consumer of mm-hmm. boys love texts, mm-hmm. um, and not necessarily a heavy consumer of the, the texts we'll be talking about today, the gay commie texts, but I am definitely a heavy consumer of boys love. Mm-hmm. But uh, much like my informants, who uh, I'll be talking about today, yeah. um, I distance myself from a fan position, okay. because uh, my consumption of such texts are situated very much in... In, in a broader network of many different types okay. of, of gay media that uh, are viewed as being very interrelated. So okay. for my informants and for myself, I couldn't tease apart 
uh, reading Japanese boys love manga from watching Japanese gay pornography mm-hmm. or using、uh, Japanese gay dating sites. They're all intimately connected. Yeah. So, because of that, my identity and the identity of my informants are not fanish identities. They're,、okay. they're, um, they're not. I mean, consumers yeah, are fans. Yeah, yeah, consumption is the, is the way that I would look at it. My, my informants would say I'm not a fan. They, yeah, they, they, they may be heavy consumers, but they're not, they're not fans. They don't have that kind of effective uh, uh, relationship with the texts、mm-hmm. that a fan would have. But that would be、yeah. specifically to Boyce Love, for example. Yes, yes. So, for example,、uh, I, I am defining my identity through my, my fandom of this particular. Media, which being boys love.、Yeah. Um, they don't define their identity through their consumption of media. Media consumption, it's like media are tools that can be used、mm. to understand the world. And yes, you can enjoy reading them,、yeah. but they're not fanish readers, they're just、yeah. heavy consumers. And I'm the same. Yeah.、Um, it's, and, fair yeah. it's fair enough that、yeah. you make that distinction because、mm. um, there is that、uh, train where it, you know, just because you read BL immediately, you're Fan, for example,、mm. because it's part of this subculture,、yes. and sometimes you know, you're easily identified as also、oh, you read BL, so you're Fudanshi.、Yeah. And, and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't use those,、mm. those sorts of labels for myself.、Okay. Um, that being said, I can, I can lose myself in that sort of delusion. You know, I, can, I, can get, I can get really into it. But, Don't worry, we're. But it's, I、yeah. think the best、yeah. of BL is highly yeah. inclusive. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah.、Uh, it's, it's like I, I say at the very outset that I'm not a fan, not to delegitimize、yeah. my, my understanding of the text. But it, it's, it's more that by not being a fan, I can step out of fanish discourse and, yeah, and, and, yeah, and look at it. I'm an anthropologist, so I、oh. need to maintain、uh, a certain amount of distance. And this,、yeah. is, this is how I do that.、Um, so. Yeah. That's, that's yeah.、Um, interesting. And so now let's、yeah. get to the nitty gritty of、yeah. this podcast, which is really、uh, gay comic or、mm. gay comics. And it's、yeah. been going around、um, comic circles in like the past three or four years, especially yeah. with yeah.、Um, Massive coming out in English and、um, Gengoro Tagame speaking in all of these、uh, foreign yes,、uh, comic comic. Uh, with TCAF, Toronto Comic Arts Forum, etc. So,、mm-hmm. um, based on your knowledge as an anthropologist and having studied gay media in Japan,、mm-hmm. um, could you give us like, a description what is gay komi? Like,、okay. um, like, let's look at first between、uh, creator,、um, who, are, mm-hmm. who are gay komi creators and、mm-hmm. who's their primary audience. Yes. So, gay komi or gay comics, but gay komi is much, much better, I think, as、mm-hmm. a term.、Um, to, to define them is difficult, and、uh, I, I would say that primarily the easiest way to define them, and this may be a simplistic definition, but this is the one that is most correct, is that gay komi represent、uh, manga comics、mm-hmm. that are drawn by self identified gay men. For the consumption of self identified gay men. That,、okay. that is its definition,、uh, pure and simple. So, gay kami, I believe, should be defined through this sort of、uh, production consumption lens. It's defined by who makes it and who, who consumes it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That... In the same way, for example, that Boys Love recently has been, or like at least. Mm. Prior to current developments in Boys、yes. Love, has、yeah. always been defined as a women's comics,、yes. and、yeah. that you know、yeah. it's consumed、yeah. by women.、Yeah. And in terms of, but the thing is, when I look at arguments online, especially if you see something like Massive、mm. um, that identifies itself as gay komi, you know, well, they don't use the word gay komi, they use gay manga. Gay manga.、Yeah. Um, and But there's, there's a specific aesthetic、yes. um, that comes with gay comedy and massive leaves that impression.、Yeah. Um, do you think that there is a specific style to gay comedy? Is it, you know, is it all about the muscles? Is it all about these bears?、Yeah. Uh, so. Yes, and this, this is a very important point. And it's,、uh, it's a, a, as you rightly point out, it's a, it's a point that has been discussed quite extensively、mm-hmm. in. In subcultural circles and also artistic circles. The idea that gay komi or bara, as it is, is、mm. also sometimes called,、uh, 
um, is is defined by not so much not just by who creates it, but by the fact that it depicts a certain uh, stylistic representation of gay masculinity, which is very much aligned with uh, American Euro American notions of the bear subculture. So mm-hmm. larger men, uh, slightly older who have, you know, heavily muscular or maybe a little bit chubby. Um, mm. And, yes, that, that is a kind of gay comment. Yes, it is. It is a kind. And that's, and that's an important distinction. It's a okay. kind of gay comment. So um, just as it's correct to say that uh, boys' love is not homogenous, it isn't mm. just one specific style, but there's yeah. many different styles of mm. text. Gay comedy is exactly the same. Okay. So the work of artists that are featured, for example, in uh, Massive, that, mm-hmm. that collection that was recently published, or relatively recently, uh, and the work of the poster boy, Tadame Gengoro, mm-hmm. um, is a kind of uh, gay comedy. It's, it's mm-hmm. one genre, and it's, it's, it's often referred to as yaroke, mm-hmm. uh, meaning kind of beast style. Okay. Um, sometimes it's also called kumake, which means bear style. And that's, that's a clear uh, instance where Western naming practices are bleeding over into the Japanese context. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I, I conducted, because I was interested in defining what gay comedy is, yeah. and I, I conducted a, um, a very in-depth critical reading of uh, gay comedy that were published within uh, the Japanese gay magazine Buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I chose Buddy rather than uh, spaces like G-Men, which is what most, uh, most kind of consumers of Massive and so forth are aware of as a site for publishing mm. Uh, gay comedy. I chose Buddy because it also explicitly lists all the manga contained within it as gay comedy, okay. and and I discovered through through my reading of Buddy magazine, this gay magazine in Japan, that gay gay comedy is is quite stylistically diverse, very diverse. That's interesting. And um, I basically classified gay comedy into three different types. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said that there's a slice of life yeah. gay comedy, nichijo. There was humorous uh, gay comedy known the, as the yeah, yeah, and then there was also what I called ero, so erotic gay comedy, and it was the erotic gay comedy that were mostly, though not all, but mostly drawing yeah. upon that yaroke, highly mm. kind of muscular, stereotypically butter esque, if you will, mm. um, uh, kind of stylistic representation. Yeah. The the other ones looked much more similar in style to what you'd read in a shonen, a shonen manga. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember seeing um, your issue of Buddy mm. and was looking at uh, the Yonkoma, the Slice of yes, Life, yeah. Nijijo, um comic. Nijijiro Sunrise is what yeah. it's called. Yeah. And it, it, was, it was a very amusing, typical, mm. very simplistic um, yeah. cartoon. Yes. Um, Illustrations, nothing, it doesn't really have that yaroke aesthetic mm. that you mentioned. No, no, and, no. And for me, I would have mistaken it as something that would have come out from Morning Magazine. Like it yeah. could be placed in a regular um, Japanese magazine. And yes. if, you know, for an unknowing reader, someone who can't read mm. Japanese, they probably wouldn't even recognize that, you know. It's actually about yes. it's yeah. a gay comedy. Yeah, and, and and this is where it's important. More so than stylistic definitions, mm-hmm. gay comedy really truly is defined by who produces it, who reads it, and where it is it's published. published. And mm-hmm. that's that's so important in the Japanese just uh, manga mm-hmm. kind of uh, industry in general. Yeah, I mean yeah. they've always been driven by the demographics of their audiences and creating content specific for them. And what I find just interesting and quite, not really controversial, but one that raises alarm bells to many readers or, because in internet discourse of, um, of gay comics or Mm -hmm. gay manga, bara, you know, it's become quite synonymous to the term bara. And, Mm. uh, for the purposes of, you know, just discussing it, could you tell us, like, what exactly is bara and what do you mean earlier by the bara-esque? Okay, so so bara is a very, very, very complicated and term. And this is, just yeah. to clarify, this is within the context of Japan. Yes, yes, and, and I, I should clarify that these definitions are very firmly tied to the Japanese context. I think yeah. we'll talk about 
the transnationalization yeah. of gay comedy a little bit later. Yep. Um, so what is butter? Uh, one, the emergence of this term butter is, is very complicated and in actually massive that, that collection, mm. um, the, one of the editors, Colbins, uh, mm. does a really good job of tracing how that term developed. Um, so, so the, the, the title butter for these sorts of yaroke comics um, really was popularized uh, in in actually the late 1990s mm. when um, you know people were first kind of getting access to the internet and and manga and anime was suddenly becoming easily accessible outside of Japan. Uh, one of the principal uh, magazines that was publishing uh, yaroke gay mm. gay comics of the yaroke variety was called Barake. Uh, mm. So it was, it was called uh, Barake and it was mm. published. It was a supplement, a manga supplement uh, of, of the gay magazine uh, known as Barazoku, which mm-hmm. is Japan's first ever mainstream gay magazine started circulation in the 1970s, yeah. 1970s. Mm. Uh, and, and so people were just kind of getting confused. They didn't, they didn't recognize that the title Bada in this kind of supplement, this manga supplement, was a reference to Barazoku, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the name of the gay magazine. Um, and they thought that it was the title for the type of manga that they were reading. Mm-hmm. So uh, in, and this is, this is an American discourse I'm talking about. Yeah. So in, in, in America, and, and um, Gregory Colbyns kind of talks about this in his uh, introduction to Massive, people were calling this Bada, um, and that name has now stuck. Yeah. Uh, even with attempts by the massive crew to kind of de demystify and to kind of move away from the term mm. uh, bada by rather problematically, I would say, drawing upon the idea of gay manga. Mm. Um, and sorry, guys, you didn't see the fact that I was doing scare quotes when I say <laughs> when I said gay manga, but yeah. but I, I was. Um, sorry, what was I? So this idea that um, bada. It's not the. It's not a term that is used in Japan at all. Okay. If you were to talk to a a a gay young gay man in Japan about comics that they're consuming and ask them, "Oh, do you read Bada?" Mm-hmm. It wouldn't make sense to them. They couldn't. They couldn't understand what you were saying. If you asked, "Oh, do you read gay komi?" Yes, they might, but the, the, the gay komi that they're reading uh, are not are not necessarily what we understand as being Bada outside of the yeah. Japanese context. So, it's it's pretty yeah. much like yeah. um, not that I don't think people or I actually have encountered some people who would approach me and say you know but is it is this bara if you say yes. if you see this yeah. particular aesthetic or to see this particular comic they would yeah. immediately yeah. associate it yeah. with that um, mm. but going let's say to Japan the thing, going to Toronto Ana and then mm-hmm. going to the counter and say, do you have Bada comics? Yeah. Immediately, they'll just look at them. And and say, much, what, what are you saying? What that that won't make sense. And in fact, I mean, even if you go into Toronto Ana or, or any kind of like kind of manga store and ask for Gekome, you're probably not going to find it. They're in the last few years, yeah, yeah, it's, it's there, but it's, it's not it's not sold as Gekome. Yeah, it's sold in, along with BL. Uh, not oh, quite. They have uh, okay. well, but this is very mm. specific to Torano Ana in yes. uh, Ikebukuro. So it yeah, caters yeah, to a yeah. very specific crowd. Yeah. But if you go yeah. to other Torano Ana, mm. I would assume that. Oh yes, I, I would. I would very much uh, strongly mm. suggest that you know we need to take Ikebukuro ultimate order no, and just kind of put it in a box and move it away. Yeah, because it's, it's not useful as a point of comparison in this, yeah. this context. I mean. Yeah. With that in mind, I was mm. thinking of like how gay komi, for example, mm. gay manga is understood in Japan. And you're mm. saying earlier that it's a very, since it's a very specific audience, yes. um, it's the general public, for example, mm. aware of this subculture, or is this something that would have covered, would have been covered in media? Yes, to a certain extent, in the sense that uh, when this magazine Barazoku was mm. first published um, in the 1970s, there was quite a lot of media attention directed towards it, mm. and, and p- mostly based around its very salacious kind of, mm. like, oh, it's, it's a gay magazine, ooh. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and part of that was uh, 
based around, oh, look at the, these kind of weird, uh, like erotic uh, gay men's manga. But it's important to recognize that uh, despite mythologizing by people like Tagame Genguro, who are saying uh, that, you know, gay men in Japan have always been drawing highly, uh, you know, muscular aesthetics similar to his own. Actually, uh, like research by um, a guy named Jonathan McIntosh, as well as another guy named James Welker, mm-hmm. has really identified quite obviously that um, Barazoku had Bishonen in it. It mm-hmm. had pretty boys. And yeah. it quite consistently had pretty boys in it. Uh, and, and this is still true to this day. Gay, uh, gay manga that are being published, gay comedy that are being published in, in spaces like, uh, Buddy magazine, they have Bishonen. Of course mm-hmm. they do. And some, some gay men in Japan are attracted to that ideal. Um, this idea that is being discussed about gay komi or bara, and I use my scare quotes there, bara, mm-hmm. and the bara-esque, so yeah. things that have that, that transnationalized understanding of mm-hmm. highly masculine kumake sort of, uh, identity types is not appropriate for, like, it, it is only what gay men in Japan are into, and that yeah. gay men in Japan don't read boys love is just patently untrue. Yeah. And I, I cannot strongly say this strong enough. There are gay men in Japan who read boys' love, who enjoy boys' love, yeah. and find it relevant to themselves. I yeah. mean, speaking of labels, I actually yeah. find it interesting when I go to comic market, mm. for example, and you expect to see... You know, boys' love's been widely used as a term to describe this kind yeah. of text and this specific genre in Japan. Um, but... In comic market, yeah. um, there's no boys love category, mm-hmm. but what they have is a junek category, mm-hmm. and of course the junek category would have its um, set of you know staple authors like you would have um, Psycho Dedico there, yeah. and you would have like um, Yamane Ayano there, yeah. and then a great portion of it which I find interesting, um, they call this section of boys love. The boys love section as June um, mm. rather than boys love, and a great portion of it actually draws these gay comic uh, works. So um, you have gay comic artists who are publishing Gujinchi under the section of June. For yes, example. yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, and then um, and it's not just um, men who are you know producing these. Um, well, and this is this is where it's and important. If you don't mind me interrupting sure. you, is to make a distinction between gay comic and yaroke. Mm. Yeah. So gay comic is defined by who makes it and who reads it. Mm-hmm. Yaroke is purely stylistic. Okay. So um, so yaroke is the yeah. aesthetic. Yeah. So so a a woman could draw okay. yaroke. It, mm. It's it's not it's not abnormal for that to happen. In mm. fact, women do. And yeah. uh, I, that, I that's what yeah. surprised yeah. me because yeah. when I walked down yeah. that section, it's not just men. And you know, yeah. you have eager women who are yeah. sharing, and it's a nice, lovely space. Yeah. 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 Um, that said, I don't see these kinds of aesthetics coming in mainstream no. boys love. No, um, no, 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 no. And. Um, yeah, they've kind of distinguished themselves mm. as... Uh, and, and part of that is due to the developmental history of the two, and I've written mm. about this very recently, yeah. um, is that boys' love emerges out of shoujo manga mm. and all the stylistic uh, sorts of um, narrative narratives that that, that that entails. And, and yeah. that's, that's firmly, firmly, firmly entrenched now. Whereas gay komi, and gay komi, not just yaroke, but... Gay comedy, all of them. So whether it be humorous, whether it be erotic, or whether it be slice of life, emerged out of uh, 1950s contact between Japanese erotic artists publishing in uh, what Mark McFarland has referred to as the perverse press, the hentai zashi. Their engagement with uh, kinds of uh, erotic uh, stag art. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was being published in America. So, you yeah. know, people like Tom of Finland and so forth. Yeah. So, so there was a, there's a, a boy, like the, the, the manga that was appearing within Barazoku was not engaging with, uh, Japanese manga industries really. Yeah. Uh, and, and you see that very stylistically in, in some of, some, some authors work. 
and yeah. that's that's really important. So one thing that I wanna wanna kind of really get across here is that Tagame Gengoro and his and his uh, circle, if you will, yeah. represent a like a portion of people who are active in the gay the gay mm. komi space. Uh, and they are they are people who are producing yaroke gay comedy. Mm. So yaroke as a stylistic genre, gay comedy as a kind of genre based in understandings of normative audience and production. In okay. terms of um, yeah. mm. gay comedy as a, a genre, for example, mm. you were saying earlier that there was you can see it in body, etc. Yeah. But um, are they actually eventually compiled in volumes for that? Yes, yeah, they are. They are. Um, and the the Tankobon, the, the the volumes are being published by the same publishers that are publishing. Oh, okay. Um, like buddies. So, so this, for example, these are outside of the Yaroke stories, or are they only publishing? The no, Yaroke? they're publishing all gay comics. So, for okay. example, um, one one really good example of one that's almost Yaroke but isn't, which I've classified elsewhere as being slice of life, is called Geshku no Onichan. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the author of that is named No Harakuro. Okay. So, so Geshku no Onichan is published by uh, No Harakuro. And his work is, is collected in Tankobon. Mm. It, it includes explicit sex scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it uses a gachimuchi style. Okay. But it doesn't, uh, gachimuchi is like, uh, muscular, muscular but chubby. Mm-hmm. But that is not yaroke style. It's, okay. it's not like Tagame's, uh, work. It, it looks more like a seinen zashi, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, uh, that's published in Tankobon form by Terra Publications who are the publishers of Buddy Magazine. So they're publishing, and okay. uh, so the publishers are are publishing. So so Yaroke Geikomi, mm. uh, for example, are published in Tankabon form by the uh, publishers of the gay magazine G-Men, which, mm-hmm. which focuses on a Yaroke aesthetic. Okay. Um, so it's important to recognize that the divisions in Geikomi that exist are uh, based in publishing practices as well. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's kind of important. Some uh, Ikebukuro, and yeah. interestingly, yeah. the Gay Komi section is this interesting title that just came out yeah. in English called Ototo no, Oto, no Otto. Ah, yes, Ototo yeah, no Otto, Otto. Um, yeah. which is by Gengoro Tagame, yes. and it's been highly lauded by critics yes. as a nice gateway to mm. um, the gay community and gay yes, issues yeah. in Japan. Yeah, yes, so it is. Yeah. So, um, I guess it's important to Do talk about this Tagame Gengoro fellow that we've mentioned a few yeah. times because maybe some people aren't, aren't very, Are familiar, with aren't very yeah. familiar. So Tagame Gengoro is perhaps uh, known to be in Japan and even outside Japan uh, as Japan's premier gay identified manga artist. Yeah. He started publishing his work in the hentai zashi and in baladzoku, but he was also actually very early on in the 70s and the 80s. He also uh, was publishing in boys love spaces. Mm. Um, yeah, and, I've seen yeah. him do B-Boy. Yeah, yeah. so uh, he was he was not exclusively in gay spaces. But mm. uh, as gay identity became very politicized in mm-hmm. the 1990s in Japan, uh, in, in what other colleagues of mine have referred to as the gay boom, mm-hmm. um, a moment when gay identity politics kind of took over uh, mainstream uh, media for a very brief period of time, uh, Takame Gengoro became politicized, uh, if you will. So yeah. his his uh, his drawing, his yaroke gay comic. Uh, he started writing and reflecting on the practices of drawing gay erotic art in Japan, and that's his term, gay erotiku arto. Um, and he wrote these two history books of gay erotic art, which he uses in an attempt to explain the development of gay comedy and uh, 
to set it up in opposition to the development of boys' love. Um, mm-hmm. So he's he's quite well known, mm-hmm. and, and this this history of gay erotic art, which is published in both English and Japanese, if people are curious, okay. um, they can they can buy it if they want. But uh, please be aware that it is yeah, not that, that it's 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 a problematic history because it's an it is an ideological history. Okay. So he he's using it to to normalize his work as being. Uh, representative of the whole, but as I've said very early on in this little podcast, is that his work isn't not necessarily representative of the whole. It's an important part of mm. the whole, and it pl- it, it has a prestige position. Mm. It's certainly the case that the majority of gay komi are yaroke. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that that is all. Mm. It's just like the majority of boys' love mm. uses bishonen uh, representations, but not all of them do. And it's important to recognize that. So, going back to Ototo no Oto, yes. this, uh, I mean, it's it's quite an interesting story because mm. here is someone like Gengoro Tagame who mm. has such an influence in terms of, you know, uh, gay erotic art. Mm. And suddenly he's writing this um, mainstream narrative yes. about um, a gay foreigner who comes home to his husband's family. So what I wanted to ask you, Tom, is that with Ototo no Oto, where do you place it? I mean, it's by this gay comic artist. Do you think of it as a gay comics, or do you think of it as, you know, pretty much just your standard narrative, seinen narrative with okay. gay characters? Well, I, I'm going to quote Tagame himself to answer that question. I have a, a copy of an interview that he gave that was published in 2014 mm. uh, in, in the art art journal yeah. Bijutsu Techo, mm. uh, which was a special on Boy's Love. Mm. And uh, I'm going to quote his, his description. His description of Ototo no Oto was Nonke Muke Gay Manga. So in oh. English... Uh, um, gay manga for straight men. Okay? Mm. So, Tagame Gengoro approaches Ototo no Oto as a gay manga. Now, he says gay manga, not gay komi. And this is, once again, something that I need to discuss. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a tendency for, for uh, spaces outside of Japan to conflate the terms gay komi and gay manga. For example, Massive does it in the name, the name of their their uh, Tumblr is Gay Manga. Mm. Um, but it's important to realize that uh, in the Japanese context, Gay Manga does not just mean Gay Komi. Mm. Uh, it can also include, actually, Boys Love. And this is important because mm. a lot of discourse amongst fans in the West is that Boys Love is not gay. Mm. Uh, I've recently published some some article, an article yeah. interviewing... Anyway, so, so Gay Manga... For, for some gay men in Japan is a mix of both gay komi and boys love. So they're both considered to be gay manga. And, and Tagame Gengoro, who used to be quite hostile to boys love, mm-hmm. is now no longer hostile to boys love. Mm-hmm. And that's what this, this article in uh, Bijutsu Techo is all about. He's mm-hmm. reflecting on the process of writing Ototo no Oto, uh, writing a gay manga for a straight audience, and how that has opened his eyes to the fact that that boys love is form is pr- doing a similar similar service. Yeah. So um, so Ototo no Oto is important because it represents uh, the mainstreaming of a certain subset of gay komi, uh, and that's that's not so much. It, it, it's important to think of Ototo no Oto outside of. Takame's uh, normal uh, yeah. yaroke uh, works, mm. because although it is certainly drawing upon his stylistics, yeah. from a thematic point of view, it is very, very different. It is. I think... It's very... It's, it's almost like, like an educational manga, to it's, be fair. Yeah. Um, mm. Perhaps we can talk about Ototo no Oto in a, another... Because it's, it, yes. as it is as a series, it's quite... Interesting and yes. you know, and it's not and it's not unproblematic. It's either. it's not unproblematic yeah. either. But um, I was thinking about what you were saying earlier about the mainstreaming yes. of um, gay comics mm. or um, this in the sense gay manga because the notion that you know ototo no oto is mainstream is mm. highly problematic because it's not exactly 
Nice. In the big, you know, it's not actually with the big publishers. No, it's, it's not, Action Comics, right? Um, Get Action. Yeah, it's in, with Get Action, which mm-hmm. is not quite in the top tier mm-hmm. of, you know, comics. It's, it is a CNN magazine, mm-hmm. but, you know, in terms of access and distribution, mm-hmm. yes. it's not yeah. as big as, as say, you know. Weekly Shonen Jump. Right? Weekly Shonen Jump, or even its contemporaries like Morning or Afternoon. Yes, yeah. I mean, at, at the very least, the good thing is people are aware that it exists. Yes, and that yeah. for those who are interested, they can access mm. it, etc. But to say that it is a truly, it has this particular cultural impact on gay culture, we have yet to see. It's still... Yes. Although, although I should say that I, I've recently finished writing mm-hmm. um, a chapter that looks at gay men's consumption of... Um, Ototo no Oto. And uh, what I was particularly looking at was how Ototo no Oto introduced these gay men in Japan to uh, the system of laws surrounding um, uh, legal recognition of same-sex marriage in Japan. Mm -hmm. Because that's one of the the main themes of Ototo no Oto, Mm -hmm. is looking at... uh, same-sex marriage in Canada and comparing it to the Japanese context. Just for yeah. um, listeners like, yeah. who probably aren't familiar with the story of Ototo no Oto, it's a story about um, this young man, a single father, right? Yeah, his name is Yaichi. Yeah, yeah a single father um, who suddenly comes across uh, his brother's husband, yeah, Canadian, so, yeah, Canadian so, husband who yeah. pops up in his store yeah. and... Well, it's because it's what what happens is that this this Japanese guy, this single father, Yaichi, uh, he's he's estranged from his younger twin brother mm-hmm. who lived in Canada, and and when his younger twin brother dies, yeah. um, after that death, uh, the uh, can, his Canadian husband uh, Mike travels to Japan in order to to kind of uh, pass on the kind of last will and testament, if you will. Uh, and also in order to... In the process, gets to know yeah, his family yeah, and local culture. Yeah, exactly. And, um, but, uh, and, and Mike, in turn, and this is where the problem lies, mm-hmm. Mike educates uh, Yaichi and his young daughter, Nana, about about uh, kind of gay gay culture in Japan. But, of course, he's, he's not Japanese, so how can he do that? <laughs> uh, but as I said, that's, that's for that's another a, day. That's for another yeah. day. Yeah. But yeah. with that in mind, you know, we mm-hmm. have... We have this. We have Mike represents the West, and yes. you cannot uh, discuss. Um, I mean, especially with this podcast in mm-hmm. English, and it's yes. yeah. it, it. You know, it's available to folks outside of Japan. It's really conversing with mm-hmm. um, listeners outside of Japan. Um, you know, you have this notion of um, gay komi or you yes. know, gay manga in general, and it's. We've discussed Bara earlier, how yes. Bara is actually, while it has its connections with Japan, it's actually quite a very transnational concept of mm-hmm. gay community. Yes. Yeah. And then you've been mentioning earlier about Massive. Yes. And yeah. can you please tell us about Massive and how they're actually spreading this, um, this idea of gay comics outside of Japan. So Massive is is a, and I should mention, I'm, I'm going to be quite upfront. I have no c- communication with Massive at all ever mm-hmm. in my life. I have not, uh, I have not uh, entered into communication with them. They don't know me. I don't know them, um, and I respect what they do. Okay. Um, so uh, Massive, it, it's a kind of collective of some. Uh, Gay comedy producers in Japan, uh, Tagami Gengoro being the most prominent amongst them, and um, a translator named Anne Ishii in America, and uh, a visual artist named Chip Kidd, and uh, I'm not too sure what Gregory Colbeans does actually, but he's involved too. Um, and they 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 put together um, a an exhibition and then a a published uh, collection of. Uh, what they called gay manga, what we can call yaroke gay komi, in English translation for the first time. Yeah. Um, and they also have translated uh, the work of Tagami Gengoro in particular. And they also sponsor him to uh, travel outside yeah. of uh, Japan talks. and give talks. Uh, they also um, uh, are kind of working at the moment on a a documentary on just queer life in Japan in general. Mm. So um, they, 
they have been spreading uh, massive uh, in an attempt to kind of show to LGBT fans of anime and manga outside of Japan about this this other form of of queer comics, comics yeah. uh, in in the Japanese context. I think it's not um, just anime and manga. Know, yeah, even yeah, to the yeah. foreign gay community. Yes, and also also to bring uh, bring it into contact with uh, LGBT comics in general mm. um, in the West, and uh, it's it's a very very admirable yeah. uh, enterprise that they're undertaking. And one of the the best things that they have done is destabilize to a certain extent this idea of butter. This idea yeah. of there's this thing called butter. Um, mm. That being said. The selection of uh, texts that they have had translated into English is highly selective, and it's it's yeah. highly selective, and it represents a particular idea of what it means to be gay in Japan. Um, and although I I don't want to delegitimize that, uh, I do see an inherent danger in in trying to represent uh, the works of Tagami Gengoro and uh, others. As being representative of all gay gay manga, and mm-hmm. and whether it was unintentional or not, it's important for for us to recognise that there are okay. many different other types of consumers and producers in Japan making very different kinds of gay comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if we want to show images on your website or something. We could, yeah, um, yeah. yeah we could yeah. show some images up. So if they're already there, you can have a look. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If they're not, well, then sorry. (laughs) I'll definitely put it there. um, Now that you've mentioned it, (laughs) just kidding. Um, But no, it's it's good for them to see this um, aesthetic because we we have this very common notion that yaroke is gay komi and that this is you know. what we perceive as bara manga. And that's why we can say that there's something called bara-esque art, this idea that there's a style that is linked to this kind of, uh, this this idea of a gay manga. But what I want to kind of step in there and say is that, yes, yes, we can talk about this style in a transnational context. Yes. When we're talking about uh, the West, yeah, bara is a useful term to use yeah but if you're going to talk about japan you can't use it it's yeah. it's really it's it's like it's like the tension between yaoi and boys love and i'm, I'm not sure if you've spoken about this um i've not mm. spoken about mm. this because mm. i don't think there's much there's i don't think there's current tension mm. so to speak but more yeah. in japan the notion of yaoi and boys love is really fluid and yeah. that you know yeah. there's still debates about which the right term which the correct term yeah. and mm. neither are wrong mm. it's just that one now like boys love is specifically is very tied to this yeah. Uh, yeah. industry yes. um yeah. unlike yoi yeah. which has lost its um power so yeah. its influence yeah. in doujinshi community yes. yeah. and it's yeah. no longer has the yeah. same so it's it's a similar sort of sort of tension is emerging now um, between uh, gay komi and yaroke as mm. as two two labels, um, yeah. gay komi as being the the industry standard term, yeah. although uh, lately I haven't actually even been able to see it in print like like you you I'm beginning to see gay manga used more frequently mm. and I wonder if that's an influence from from yeah. ototo no oto actually. Um, um, I, I don't know. Because yeah. part of that I was yeah. seeing more gay comics. Yeah. That's why or gay comics. Yeah. yeah, gay comics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the 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 first ever event like that is just for uh, gay comics, like the first ever fan event, if you will, which was held uh, last year. No, in 2015. Sorry, in Otaku uh, uh-huh. in Tokyo, um, which I haven't been able to attend. But uh, I mentioned it previously. James Welker has attended. Uh, they called themselves Yaro Fesu. Ah, so, yes, Yaro Fesu. Yeah. The Yaro Fest is the yeah. Dojinshi event specifically for Yaroke yeah. um, artists. Yes, and, and what's important to recognize is that although the majority of uh, exhibitors and attendees were, well, men, I'm not going to say they were self-identified gay men, I wasn't there, so I don't know, mm-hmm. but uh, James Welker told me uh, that, there that there were women, both consuming and producing at the event, and some mm-hmm. of them identified as boys love. Like mm-hmm. dojinshi is, if you will, mm-hmm. dojinshi is. That's, that's a messy <laughs> term. But yeah, so so there's a tension between gekomi and yaroke that exists in Japan. But outside of Japan, 
the term bada as a stylistic device is useful, but it's important to recognize that this is a very transnational yeah, term. Yeah, it's a very it, it's a term that is. I wouldn't say divorced from the Japanese context, but which has come free from the Japanese context,、mm-hmm. and this is something that I'm becoming intri- increasingly interested in because,、uh, just to kind of throw forward to my other work,、um, I'm looking at how boys' love is becoming disconnected from Japan,、mm-hmm. as consumers of boys' love、uh, in in the Philippines, which、yeah. is thanks to Kirsten,、uh, are consuming what they are understanding as Thai or Chinese boys' love. Uh, and yeah, so this idea that these terms are becoming disconnected from Japan.、Yeah. So, so Bada is an example of this as well. Even yaoi, for example. Yes, yes, very much so. Have、yeah. taken quite、yeah. some form of independence. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Bada Bada is empowering in the Western context, and、mm. and it, it appeals to people who are prob- find、uh, boys love problematic. And let's let's be honest, boys love yaoi, whatever you want to call it, has a very problematic representational politics. Um, and if you're not if you're not able to access the subcultural capital to consume boys' love and understand how boys' love works, yes, the images of gay men that are represented in boys' love can be problematic. And if you're a consumer of LGBT comics in America, say, or Australia, then yes, Bada may be more familiar to you, and hence easier to identify with. And that's that that's great. That's empowering. That's perfect. I love that. But it's important that when we talk about the Japanese context, that we don't conflate what's happening in in America, in in Southeast Asia, in in Australia, in Europe, whatever, with what's happening in Japan. That that's that is 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 a very problematic thing to do. And as an anthropologist, it raises my hackles. Yeah. yeah. And with that in mind, because we've been thinking about、um, the LGBTQ response、yeah. to gay coming in Barra as、mm. if、uh, there's some sense of validation、mm. uh, that comes with consuming、yes. gay coming. Yeah, like for example, if you're a gay man who's reading BL, you're you're probably seen with less,、uh, probably seen as like one of this. Bad gay consumers, you know, you don't even know your own culture, blah blah blah. You should read Gay Comedy. Is that a problem that you're seeing with、um, some of your respondents? That you know, there's this、um, that within the gay community, gay comics are privileged more than let's say other yes, and gay is, manga. Yeah, yeah and this is、like、this is、love. this is a really important point. Uh, and I'm going to say this while I access my phone to to have a look at something particular, so that I can quote it. So please bear <laughs> with me. But、um, my most recent article, my most recent article that was、yeah. publishing, that was published、uh, at the start of this month in April,、mm. um, deliberately looks at these issues. Like it, it deliberately looked at、uh, whether or not gay men in Japan. View boys' love or view gay comedy as being more authentic. So the,、yeah. the 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 kind of common sense notion that is attached to what I was just talking about, the Western kind of understandings of butter,、uh, suggests that because、uh, butter or gay comedy are、um, written by gay men, they're somehow more authentic. Yeah.、Um, and this is a point that Tagami Gengoro used to put forward. And it's、mm. important. I, I say used to because he doesn't anymore. He's、mm. he's kind of wisened up. Maybe think, matured is the word. I, I think it's still in massive. It's still in massive, but I'm talking about what Tagami Gengoro is saying in, in, in Japanese. Yeah, I, like yeah. yeah, in the Bichitsu Techo yeah John、uh, article that we mentioned, his、yeah. sentiments of BL has changed. Yeah,、right、very、now. much so. Yeah,、and、he's become much more accepting. Mm, um, that it's not、yeah. less inauthentic. Certainly,、mm. with. He says it's. He he still wouldn't call them a gay text. Okay.、Um, but it's it's like they're useful. They they serve a purpose.、Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't want to really go into that. What I want to talk about is what young gay men in Japan are telling me, and basically is that they they don't see any issue with、uh, boys' love, consuming boys' love, or consuming gay comedy. To them,、uh, and to to quote, and I, I was on the phone to look up this quote. One of my informants. Said, you know, they're they're, this, they're two sides of the same coin.、Mm. Uh, this idea that one that one is more authentic than the other is is considered to be ridiculous because they're both considered to be fantasies.、Yeah. 
erotic fantasies. So, so boys love, for example, to some of my informants was all about romance, whereas, uh, gay comedy was all about sex. Um, others were just like, oh, it, it's just based around, you know, what you prefer to read. Um, ultimately, for these informants, boys love and gay comedy were consumed together as gay manga. And the idea that one was more authentic than the other was just considered to be absolutely laughable. No, they, they, they are, they are both, they're both legitimate forms of gay media. And that, that's important to state, I think, because yeah. there is a tendency in, in Western discourse, particularly Fanish discourse, yeah. to, to kind of... Disregard yeah, voice love yeah. and um, yeah. perceive it as a misrepresentation yeah. of gay culture yeah. or gay yeah. media. Yeah. Which, when which, I think, especially in recent yeah. boys love uh, works... It's been um, a growing consciousness among authors yeah. to, rep- to try to capture and represent maybe yeah. not their personal stories because they're yeah. female yeah. artists, yeah. but at least to see and capture some issues. Yeah, and that's 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 a really a really good point. And and we've spoken about this a lot, mm. Kirsten and I. This idea that uh, boys love and BL. Uh, Sorry, BL and gay commie are coming into some form of symbiotic or synergy. Like there's some synergy between the as, two. As now. you have mentioned before in one yeah. of his talks um, in a conference in a con here in Australia, that there's this hybridity yes. that's happening between gay commie and boys yeah. love, where there are, while we have mentioned some differences, there yeah. are now also synergies. Yes. Yeah. Um, and these, these yeah. synergies are really important, I think. They are. Um, and it's, it's, it's this idea that as gay men are consuming together, and as Fujoshi in mm. Japan are beginning to consume gay comedy. And let's just say, let me just point out that that's been going on for years. James yeah. Walker, um, this guy that I've mentioned a few times, he's, he's actually, got some historical work to Yeah, demonstrate. and I'll also yeah. link to another article online mm. on this thing called... Um, the Yaoi debates or the Yaoi Ronso. Yeah, Ronso. Yeah. Um, and you'll see Gengar Otagami engaging in that yeah. conversation as well. Um, that, you know, this, you know, this split or this difference between these two genres, uh, used to be so distinct before, but now increasingly over the years, these cultures are coming together. Mm. And so that ends part one of this gay manga dialogue with Amos Badinet. Um, I apologize if the ending of this episode was so abrupt as the next bit leads to another long discussion on synergies between BL and gay commie and how this genre is transforming in transcultural and transnational spaces where artists outside of Japan are beginning to identify their works as vara or gay manga. If you want to see some of the things we mentioned or read the articles Thomas and I have cited, please check the show notes at punknoodle.com slash champloo. I'll be publishing the second part, hopefully, if schedules permit, next week. I hope that nothing crazy will happen to me, but I'll do my best to publish it next week. If you have any comments with regards to the show, leave a comment on the show notes or send me a tweet at Kirsten or send Thomas a tweet at tbodynet or email me at punknoodle at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe over at iTunes. Anyway, thank you for listening and until the next episode. Bye-bye.